0: From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 4th of April, 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight Story, we run through the elections in Finland, Bulgaria and Montenegro. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, I sit down with Rory and Scarlett and discuss the one year anniversary of the Daily Briefing. But first, what happened in Finland, Bulgaria and Montenegro? Sunday was a busy day for elections in Europe, with votes taking place in Finland, Bulgaria and Montenegro. Finland probably got the most attention, and we should say that if you want a deeper dive into the election then head over to the TLDR News EU channel, where we have a full video. Prime Minister Sanna Marin was hoping to do something relatively rare in Finland, which is to be re-elected as Prime Minister. It ended up being a razor-thin margin, but unfortunately for Marin, her Social Democratic Party fell to third place, with 19.9% of the vote, behind the first-place Conservative National Coalition Party, who won 20.8%, and the second-place right-wing populist Finns Party, who received 20.1%. That means that NCP leader Pateri Orpo will most likely be the country's next Prime Minister, though Marin will continue in the role while coalition talks take place. Interestingly, all the top three parties actually increased their share of seats in Parliament, while those that dropped were the smaller parties like the Centre, Greens and Left Alliance. Finland is also in the news as it finally joined NATO today, becoming the military alliance's 31st member. Down in Montenegro, a 36-year-old economist and former government minister, Jakov Militović defeated long-standing incumbent Milo Dukanović in the presidential election. This is significant, as Dukanović has dominated Montenegrin politics for the last 30 years, having been in power almost continuously, either as prime minister or president since 1991. He led Montenegro to independence from Serbia in 2006, began the process for negotiating entry into the European Union, and took the country into NATO in 2017. But he and his party have been accused of widespread corruption and ties to organised crime. In a victory speech, the incoming president pledged to lead Montenegro into the European Union within the next five years. The presidential role is largely ceremonial, but there are parliamentary elections in June, so Milotovic's victory will likely give his Europe Now movement a boost ahead of that vote. Sunday also saw Bulgaria vote in its fifth election in just two years, as the country is stuck in a political stalemate. Ex-Prime Minister Boyko Borisov's GERB party won with 26.5% of the vote, with its main rival, the liberal anti-corruption party We Continue the Change in coalition with other parties ended with just 24.5%. The ultra-nationalist Revival party jumped up to third place with 14.2%, making it the most successful far-right party in modern Bulgarian history. As things stand, it once again looks unlikely that a government will be formed, which is bad news for Bulgaria. The lack of consensus has been a cause for stagnation, with this year's budget still not being approved. We continue the change previously ruled out working with GERB, despite both parties having a pro-Western stance. The prospects of a government relying on support from pro-Russian parties like Revival or the Socialist Party could bring the main two blocks together, but the country may very well be on course for its sixth election within just two years. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. The Speaker of the US House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, has confirmed that he will meet with the Taiwanese President Chai Ing-wen in California on Wednesday. Despite warnings from China, the meeting would be a provocation and could lead to serious confrontation. President Chai Ing-wen is stopping in California on her way back from visiting Taiwan's few remaining diplomatic allies in Central America, Belize and Guatemala. She will meet with McCarthy and a bipartisan group of lawmakers. The US doesn't actually recognise Taiwan as a country, but is its most important ally and military supplier. McCarthy's meeting comes eight months after his predecessor, Nancy Pelosi, visited Taiwan, which prompted China to respond with intense live-fire military drills off the coast of Taiwan. Taiwan has defended its US visit, saying it is the right of the 23 million people of Taiwan to have exchanges with democratic nations, and there is no room for China to comment. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make The Daily Briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. It's been reported today that a US drone strike in Syria has killed an ISIS leader who is plotting attacks in Europe. The US military named the man as Khalid Ayed Ahmed al-Jabouri and said that his death will temporarily disrupt the organisation's ability to plot external attacks. This attack follows other US strikes in the Idlib province of Syria, with many of them targeting members of an al-Qaeda offshoot. For example, in February, a drone strike killed two local members of the group, along with a senior member of ISIS. Additionally, last month, a helicopter raid killed ISIS leader Hamza al-Homzi. In a statement by the US Central Command, they warned that, though degraded, the group remains able to conduct operations within the region with a desire to strike beyond the Middle East. Over the weekend, an explosion happened in a St. Petersburg cafe. The bomb attack was designed to target a pro-Russian military blogger. Russian authorities have already arrested the prime suspect in the attack, Vladlen Totarsky, who opposes the war in Ukraine. The Russian authorities have described her attack as an act of terrorism. In fact, they went further, claiming that the attack was planned by Ukrainian special services. They mentioned that Tatarsky is an active supporter of Alexei Navalny in an attempt to conflate the jailed opposition leader with the terror attack itself. Asked about this situation, Ukrainian President Zelensky said that he doesn't think about events in Russia, and that he saw this as simply part of Russia's internal turmoil. In the final uplifting story today, we discuss some astronauts. NASA has today announced the four astronauts who will venture around the moon on Artemis II. This mission will be the first crewed mission to go around the moon in many, many years, and will be the first step towards NASA creating a permanent moon base. The crew assignments are as follows. Commander Reid Wiseman, Pilot Victor Glover, Mission Specialist 1 Christina hammock Koch, and Mission Specialist 2 Jeremy Hansen. They will work as a team to execute what NASA describes as an ambitious set of demonstrations during the flight test. That's all we have time for on YouTube today. But if you want to see our discussion of the one year anniversary of the Daily Briefing. He's getting his wow. feet out. I've got chinos on. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Is there anything you two often disagree on that you want oh. to bring up? Daily Beefing. Daily because beefing. Da- we have yeah. Daily Beefing. Today my yeah. Daily Beefing is. Then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube.